Okay. Uh, act two, scene one. Dream, Privet Drive, cupboard under the stairs. Harry, Harry, this pots are clean. This pots are a disgrace. Harry Potter, wake up. And a uh, young Harry wakes to see Aunt Petunia bearing down on him. Aunt, Aunt Petunia, what what time is it? Time enough. <laughs> you know, when we are great to take you in, we hoped we could improve you, build you, make you a decent human being. So I suppose it's only ourselves we've got to blame that you've turned out such a lamp disappointment. I try. Trying's not succeeding, though, is it? There are gray smears on the glasses. The scuff marks on the pot. <laughs> <laughs> now get up and get a kitchen and get scrubbing. He gets out of bed. There's a wet smear down the back of his trousers. Oh, oh no. Oh no. What have you done? You with the bat again. She pulls back the covers. This is very unacceptable. Uh, I'm sorry. I, th- I think I was having a nightmare. You disgusting boy. <laughs> Only animals wet themselves. Animals and disgusting little boys. It, it was about my mom and my dad. I, I think I saw them. I think I saw them die. And why would I have the slightest bit of interest in that? <laughs> there was a man shouting at, at Kava, at, at Acroba, at something in the... And the noise of a snake hissing, I could hear my mum scream. Aunt Petunia takes a moment to reset herself. If you were really reliving their death, all you'd hear would be a screech of bricks and a horrific thud. Your parents died in a car accident. You know that. I don't think your mother had even time to scram. <laughs> Lord, spare the details more than that. Now, strip the shits. Get in the kitchen and get scrubbing. I don't want to have to tell you again. She exits with a bang. A young Harry is left holding the sheets. As the stage contorts and trees rise, as the dream twists into something else entirely, suddenly Albus appears, standing, looking at young Harry. And then, right from the back of the room, parcel tongue whispers around everyone. He's coming. He's coming. Words said in an unmistakable voice. The voice of Voldemort. Harry Potter! Act 2, Scene 2. Harry and Ginny Potter's house. Staircase. Harry wakes in the darkness, breathing deeply. His exhaustion palpable. His fear overwhelming. Lumos! Ginny enters, surprised by the light. Okay? I I was sleeping. You were? You weren't. Any news? Any owls? Or None. I was dreaming. I was under the stairs, and then I, I... I heard him. Voldemort. So clearly. Voldemort? And then I saw Albus in red, and, and he was wearing Durmstring robes? Durmstring robes? Ginny, I think I know where he is. Act 2, Scene 3. Hogwarts, Headmistress's house. Office. It's her uh, house, too. She lives there. I live there. Harry and Ginny stand in Professor McGonagall's office. House. <laughs> and we don't know where in the Forbidden Forest. I haven't had a dream like it for years, but Albus was there. I know he was. We need to get searching as quickly as possible. I can give you Professor Longbottom. His knowledge of plants might be useful, and... Suddenly there's a rumble in the chimney. 
Professor McGonagall looks at it, concerned, and then Hermione tumbles out. Is it true? Can I help? Minister! This is quite unexpected. That may be my fault. I persuade them to put out an emergency edition of the Daily Prophet, asking for volunteers. Right. Uh, very sensible, I expect. Uh, there will be a few. Ron bursts in, covered in soot, wearing a gravy-stained dinner napkin. Have I missed anything? I couldn't work out which flu to travel to. Ended up in the kitchen somehow. Hermione glares as he pulls the napkin off himself. Whoa! Suddenly, there's another rumble in the chimney, and Draco comes out hard. Surprised. <laughs> Surrounded by cascading soot and dust, everyone looks at him, surprised. He stands and brushes the soot off himself. Sorry about your floor, Minerva. I dare say it's my fault for owning a chimney. Quite. Quite a surprise to see you, Draco. I thought you didn't believe in my dreams. <laughs> I don't. But I do trust your luck. Harry Potter is always where the action is at. And I need my son back with me safe. Then let's get to the Forbidden Forest and find them both. Act 2, Scene 4, Edge of the Forbidden Forest. Albus and Delphi face each other, holding wands. Belly armor. Selfie's one flies through the air. You're getting it now. You're good at this. She sir. takes her wand back from him. You're positively disarming, young man. <laughs> it's belly armor. The wand flies back again. And we have a winner. <laughs> I've never been good at spells. Scorpius appears at the back of the stage. He looks at his friend talking to a girl, and part of him likes it, and part of him doesn't. I was rubbish, and then something clicked, and it will for you too. Not that I'm super witch or anything, but I think you're becoming quite some wizard, Albus Potter. Then you should stick around. Teach me more. Of course I'm sticking around. We're friends, aren't we? Yes, yes. Definitely friends. <laughs> Definitely. Great. Wizzo! What's Wizzo? Scorpius steps forward decisively. Cracked the spell. I mean, it's pretty basic. But I was, well, I cracked up. And I've found our way through the school. Uh, listen, are we sure this will work? Yes. It's a brilliant plan. The secret to not getting Cedric killed is to stop him from winning the Triwizard Tournament. If he doesn't win, he can't be killed. I understand that, but... So we just need to mess up his chances supremely badly at task one. The first task is getting a golden egg from a dragon. How did Cedric distract the dragon? Delphi puts her hand in the air. Albus grins and points at her. These two are really getting along well. Diggory! By transfiguring a stone into a dog. Well, a little expelliarmus, and he won't be able to do that. Scorpius isn't enjoying the Delphi-Albus double act. Okay, two points. Ooh. First point. We're certain the dragon will kill him. It's always two points with him, isn't yeah. it? Of course it won't. This is Hogwarts. They won't let damage happen to any of the champions. Okay, second point, more significant point. We're going back without any knowledge of whether we can travel back afterwards, which is exciting. Uh, maybe we should just try going back an hour, say, first, and then... I'm sorry, can... Scorpius, we've no time to waste. Waiting here this close to the school is just too dangerous. I'm sure they'll be looking for you, and... She's right. Now, 
We're going to need to wear these. She pulls out two large paper bags. The boys pull ropes from them. But these are Dermstrang robes. My uncle's idea. If you're in Hogwarts robes, people will expect to know who you are. But there are two other schools competing at the Triwizard Tournament, and if you're in Dermstrang robes, well, you can fade into the background, can't you? Good thinking. Mm. Oh. Hang on. Question, where are your robes? Albus, I'm flattered. But I don't think I can pretend to be a student, do you? I'll keep in the background and pretend to be a... Ooh, maybe I could pretend to be a dragon tamer. <laughs> You're doing the spell stuff anyway. Scorpius looks at her and then at Albus. You shouldn't come. What? You're right. We don't need you for the spell. And if you can't wear student robes, you're too big of a risk. Sorry, Delphi. You shouldn't come. But I have to. He's my cousin, Albus. I think he's right. I'm sorry. What? We won't mess it up. But without me, you won't be able to work the time turner. You taught us how to use the time turner. Delphi's really upset. No, I won't let you do this. You told your uncle to trust us. Now it's your turn. The school is closed now. We should leave you here. Delphi looks at them both and takes a deep breath. She nods to herself and smiles. Then go. Okay. But. <laughs> Just know this. Today, you get an opportunity few are given. Today, you get to change history. To change time itself. But more than all that, today, you get the chance to bring an old man his son back. She smiles. She looks at Albus. She leans down and gently kisses him on both cheeks. She walks away into the woodland. Albus stares after her. She didn't kiss me. Did you notice? Are you okay, Albus? You look a little pale. And red. Pale and pale and red. Let's do this. Act two, scene five. Forbidden Forest. The forest seems to grow bigger and thicker. And amongst the trees, people are searching, looking for the missing wizards. But slowly people melt away until Harry is left alone. He hears something, he turns to his right. Albus? Scorpius? Albus? And then he hears the sound of hooves. Harry is startled. He looks around for where the noise is coming from. Suddenly, Bane steps forward into the light. He's a magnificent centaur. Harry Potter! <laughs> Good! You still recognize me, Bane. You've grown older. <laughs> I have, yes. But not wiser, for you trespass on our land. Well, I have always, always respected the centaurs. We are not enemies. You fought bravely at the Battle of Hogwarts, and I fought beside you. I did my part. <laughs> but for my herd and our honor, not for you. And after the battle, the forest was deemed centaur land. And if you're on our land without permission, then you are our enemy. My son is missing, Bane. I need help finding him. And he is here? In our forest? Yes. Then he is as stupid as you are. Can you help me, Bane? There's a pause. Bane looks down at Harry imperiously. I can only tell you what I know. But I tell you, not for your benefit. But for the benefit of my herd, the centaurs do not need another war. Neither do we. What do you know? I've seen your son, Harry Potter. 
Seen him in the movements of the stars. You've seen him in the stars? <laughs> I was born in them. <laughs> Molded by them. <laughs> I can tell you where he is. I can tell you how to find him. You can't tell me how to find him, but, but, but you've seen something. You, you, you've divined something? There's a black cloud around your son. A dangerous black cloud. Around Albus? A black cloud that may endanger us all. You'll find your son again, Harry Potter. But then you could lose him forever. He makes it sound like a horse's cry. <laughs> and then makes heart away. <laughs> Leaving a bewildered Harry behind. He begins to search again, and now with even more fervor. Elvis! Elvis! Act two, scene six. Edge of the Forbidden Forest. Scorpius and Albus round a corner to be faced with a gap in the trees. A gap through which is visible a glorious light. And there it is. Hogwarts. Never seen this view of it before. Still get a tingle, don't you, when you see it? Me? And revealed through the trees is Hogwarts, a splendid mass of bulbous buildings and towers. <sighs> From the moment I first heard of it, I was desperate to go. I mean, Dad didn't much like it there, but... Uh, even the way he described it. From the age of 10, I'd check the Daily Prophet first thing every morning. Certain some sort of tragedy would have befallen it. Certain I wouldn't get to go. And then you got there and it turned out to be terrible after all. Not for me. Albus looks at his friend, shocked. All I ever wanted to do was go to Hogwarts and have a mate to get up to mayhem with, just like Harry Potter. And I got his son. How crazily fortunate am I? But I'm nothing like my dad. You're better. You're my best friend, Albus, and this is mayhem to the nth degree, which is great. Thumbs up great. It's just, I've got to say, I don't mind admitting. I'm a teeny bit, I'm a teeny bit scared. Albus looks at Scorpius and smiles. You're my best friend, too. And don't worry, I have a good feeling about this. Okay. <laughs> we hear Ron's voice from off. He's clearly in close proximity. Albus? Albus! Albus turns towards it, scared. But we've got to go! Now! <laughs> Albus takes the time turner from Scorpius. He presses down upon it, and the time turner begins to vibrate and then explodes into a storm of movement. And with it, the stage starts to transform. Two boys look at it, and there's a giant whoosh of light and a smash of noise. And time stops, and then it turns over, thinks a bit, and begins spooling backwards. Slow at first, and then it speeds up. Act 2, scene 7. Triwizard Tournament, Edge of the Forbidden Forest, 1994. Suddenly, everything is a riot of noise as a crowd consumes Albus and Scorpius. And suddenly... The greatest showman on earth, his words, not ours, is on stage using sonorous to amplify his voice and, well, he's having a ball. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I give you the greatest, the fabulous, the one and the only Tri-Wizard Tournament! If you're from Hogwarts, give me a cheer! If you're from Durmstrang, give me a cheer! And if you're from Bobatons, give me a cheer! <laughs> 
slightly less enthusiastic from the French there. This has oh. worked! That's Ludo Bagman! And there they are, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I present to you the reason why we're all here, the champions! Representing Durmstrang, what eyebrows, what a gate, what a boy! There's nothing he won't try on a broomstick! It's... <laughs> it's... Next thing. Victor Crazy Crumb! Go, 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 crazy crumb! Go, go, go crazy crumb! <laughs> From the Bobatons Academy, Zoop the Lord, it's Fleur de Calore! <laughs> and from Hogwarts, not one, but two students. He makes us all go weaky at the kneesy. He's centric, delicious diggory! And then the other, you know him as the boy who lived. I know him as the boy who keeps surprising us all. That's my dad. Yes, oh. it's Harry Plucky Potter. It's <laughs> cheering particularly from a nervous looking girl at the edge of the crowd. This is young Hermione, played by the same actress. Blah, 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 blah. Doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> it is noticeable that the cheering for Harry is slightly less than that for Cedric. And now, silence please, all. The first task, retrieving a golden egg from a nest of, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I give you, dragons! And guiding the dragons, Charlie Weasley! If you're going to stand so close, I'd rather you didn't breathe on me quite so much. Uh, Rose, what are you doing here? Who's Rose? And... What's happened to your accent? Uh, sorry, Hermione. Uh, he's got you mixed up with someone else. <laughs> How do you know my name? And with no time to lose, let's bring out our first champion. Facing a Swedish short snout, I give you Cedric Diggory. A dragon roar distracts young Hermione, and Albus readies his wand. And Cedric Diggory has entered the stage. And he seems ready, scared but ready. He dodges this way, he dodges that. The girls swoon as he dives for cover. They cry as one. Don't damage our diggory, Mr. Dragon. Scorpius looks concerned. Albus, something's going wrong. The time turner, it's shaking. A ticking begins, an incessant, dangerous ticking. It comes from the time turner. And Cedric skirts left, and he dives right, and he readies his wand. What has this brave, young, handsome man got up his sleeveys now? Expelliarmus! Cedric's wand is summoned to Albus's hand. Oh no, what's this? Is it dark magic, or is it something else entirely? His wand is flying away. Cedric Diggory is disarmed. Albus, I think the time turner... Something is wrong! The time turning ticking gets louder. It's all going wrong for Digger. This could be the end of the task for him. The end of the tournament. Scorpius grabs Albus. There's a crescendo in the ticking and a flash. Time is turned back to the present with Albus hollering in pain. Hollering in pain. Ah! Albus! Did it hurt ah! you? Albus, are you? What happened? There must be some sort of limit. The time turner must have some kind of... Time oh, limits! Do, do you think we've changed everything? Suddenly, the stage is invaded from all sides by Harry, Ron, who now has a side parting in his hair and whose wardrobe choices has become rather more staid. Ginny and Draco, Scorpius looks at them all and slips a time turner back into his pocket. Albus looks at them rather more blankly. He's in a lot of pain. I told you. I told you I saw them. I think we're about to find out. 
Hello, Daddy. <laughs> Is something wrong? Harry looks at his son disbelievingly. Yes, you can say that. Albus collapses on the floor. Oh. Harry and Jenny rush to help. Act 2, Scene 8. Hogwarts Hospital Wing. Albus is asleep in a hospital bed. Harry sits troubled beside him. Above them is a picture of a concerned, kindly man. Harry rubs his eyes, stands, and walks around the room. He stretches out his back, and then he meets eyes with the painting, which looks startled to be spotted. Harry looks startled back. Professor Dumbledore! Good evening, Harry! (laughs) (laughs) I've missed you! Whenever I've dropped in on the headmistresses lately, your frame's been empty. Ah, well... I do like to pop into my other portraits now and then. <laughs> Will he be all right? Uh, he's been out for 24 hours, mostly in order so Madame Pomfrey could reset his arm. She said it was the strangest thing, like like it's been broken like 20 years ago and then it was allowed to set in the most contrary of directions. But she says he'll be fine. A difficult thing, I imagine, <laughs> to watch your child in pain. Harry looks up at Dumbledore and then down at Albus. I've never asked you how you felt about me naming him after you, have I? Candidly, Harry, it seemed a great weight to place upon the poor boy. I need your help. I need your advice. Bane says Albus is in danger. How do I protect my son, Dumbledore? You ask me, of all people, how to protect a boy in terrible danger. You cannot protect the young from harm. Pain must and will come. So I'm just supposed to stand and watch? No! <laughs> You're supposed to teach him how to meet life! How? He, he, he won't listen! Perhaps he's waiting for you to see him clearly! Harry frowns as he tries to digest this. It's a portrait's curse! A blessing to hear things at the school! At the ministry! I hear people talking! Yeah, and what is the gossip about me and my son? Not gossip! Concern! (laughs) (laughs) That you two are struggling, that he's difficult, that he is angry with you. I have formed the impression that perhaps you are blinded by your love for him. Blinded? You must see him as he is, Harry. You must look for what's wounding him. Haven't I seen him as he is? What's wounding my son? Or is it who's wounding my son? Down. This black cloud! This black cloud. (laughs) I'll I'll say this, this black cloud. (laughs) It's someone, isn't it? Not Ah, not, not something. (laughs) Ah, really? What does my opinion matter anymore? I am paint and memory, Harry. Paint and memory. (laughs) And I never had a son. But I need your, I need your advice. Done. Harry looks at Albus and then back at Dumbledore. But Dumbledore is gone. No, no. Harry. Where have you gone now? We're in the hospital wing. Harry turns his attention back to Albus. Yes, and you're, you will be fine. For recuperation, Madame Pomfrey wasn't sure what to prescribe and said you should probably eat lots of chocolate. Actually, <laughs> do, you, do you mind if I have some? I've got something to tell you, and I don't think you'll like it. Albus looks at his dad. What does he have to say? He decides not to engage. Okay, I think. Harry takes some chocolate. He eats a big chunk. <sighs> Albus looks at his dad, confused. Better? Much. He holds out the chocolate to his son. Albus takes a piece. 
Father and son munch together. <laughs> Daddy. Son. <laughs> the arm. How, how does your arm feel? Alma splices his arm. It feels great. Where did you go, Albus? I can't tell you what it did to us. Your mom was worried sick. Albus looks up. He's a great liar. <laughs> we decided we didn't want to come to school. We thought we could start again in the muggle world. We discovered we were wrong, Daddy. We're coming back to Hogwarts when you found us. Yeah, but in Durmstrang robes? The robes were the whole thing. Scorpius and I, we, we didn't think. And, and, and why... Why, why did you run? Because of me? Because of what I said? I don't know, Dad. Hogwarts isn't actually that pleasant a place when you don't fit in. And did Scorpius encourage you to go? Scorpius? No. Harry looks at Albus, trying to almost see an aura around him, thinking deeply. I need you to stay away from Scorpius Malfoy. What? Scorpius! I don't know how you became friends in the first place, but you did, and now... I need you to stop. My best friend? My only friend. He's dangerous. Scorpius? Dangerous. <laughs> Have you met him, Dad? If you honestly think he's the son of all I don't know what he is. I just know that you need to stay away from him. Bane told me. Who's Bane? He's a centaur with profound divination skills. What? He was born and made in the stars. <laughs> what? Look, he said there's a black cloud around you. A black cloud? Yes, and I have very good reason to believe that dark magic is in a resurgence, and I need to keep you safe from it. Safe from him. Safe from Scorpius. Albus hesitates a moment, and then his face strengthens. And if I won't, Daddy? If I won't stay away from him. Harry looks at his son, thinking quickly. There is a map. It used to be used for those wanting to be up to no good. Now we're going to use it to keep an eye, a permanent eye, on you. Professor McGonagall will watch your every movement. Anytime you are seen together, she'll come flying. Anytime you attempt to leave Hogwarts, she'll fly. I will expect you to go to your lessons, none of which you will now share with Scorpius, and between times you will stay in the Gryffindor common room. You can't make me go into Gryffindor! I'm a Slytherin! Don't play games, Albus. You know what house you are. If she finds you with Scorpius, I will fix you with a spell which will allow me eyes and ears into your every movement, your every conversation. In the meantime, investigations will begin in my department as to his true heritage. But Dad, you can't. That's it's just not... I thought for a long time I wasn't a good enough dad for you because you didn't like me. <laughs> It's only now that I realize I don't need you to like me. I need you to obey me. Because I'm your daddy. <laughs> and I do know that. I'm sorry, Albus. This is the way it's gotta be. No, daddy, no! Act 2, scene 9, Hogwarts Staircase. Albus pursues Harry across the stage. What have I run? I will run. Albus, get back in bed. <laughs> I'll run away again, Daddy. No, you won't. <laughs> I will. 
And this time I'll make sure Ron can't find us. Do I hear my name? Ron enters on a staircase, his side parting now super aggressive. His robes just a bit too short, and his clothes now perfectly stayed. Uncle Ron Dag Dumbledore. If we ever needed one of your jokes, it's now. Jokes? I don't know any jokes. Of course you do, Ron. You run a joke shop. A joke shop? Well now, anyway, I'm pleased I caught you. I was going to bring some sweets for a sort of a get well soon, but uh, actually Padma, she thinks about it a lot more deeply than I do. And she thought it'd be nicer for you to get something useful for school. So we got you a set of quills. Yes. Yes. Look at these bad boys. Top of the range. Oh, it's Padma. Terry frowns at Albus. Your aunt. I have an aunt, Padma. Taken a confundus charm to the head, has he? To Albus. My wife, Padma. You remember? Talk slightly too in your face. Smells a bit minty. Padma, mother of Panju. That's why I'm here, of course. Panju. He's in trouble again. I wanted to just send a howler, but Padma insisted I come in person. I don't know why. He just laughs at me. But you're married to Hermione. Ron doesn't understand this at all. Hermione? No. No! Merlin's beard! Albus has also forgotten that he was sorted into Gryffindor, conveniently. Yes, well... Sorry, old chap, but you're a Gryffindor. But how did I get sorted into Gryffindor? You persuaded the sorting hat, don't you remember? And you bet that you couldn't get into Gryffindor if your life depended on it. So you chose Gryffindor to spite him. I can't blame you. We'd all like to wipe a smile off his face sometimes, wouldn't we? Oh, please don't tell Padma I said that. Who's Panju? Ron and Harry stare at Albus. Bloody hell! You're really not yourself, are you? Anyway, better go before I'm sent a howler myself. He stumbles on, not even an inch of the man he was. But that doesn't make any sense at all. Albus, whatever you're feigning, it isn't working. I will not change my mind. No. Dad, you have two choices. You can either take me- No, actually, you're the one with the choices, Albus. You do this or you get in deeper, much deeper trouble. Do you understand? Albus, are you okay? That's fantastic. Yeah, he's- You're okay. Yeah, he's... You're okay! That's fantastic! I can read! <laughs> oh, you must be ill as well. <laughs> yeah, well, he's completely cured and uh, now we gotta go. Albus looks at Scorpius. His heart breaks. He walks on. Are you mad at me? What's going on? Albus stops and turns to Scorpius. Did it work? Did any of it work? No. But, but Albus... Albus, whatever gibberish you're talking, you need to stop it now. This is your final warning. 
Albus looks torn between his dad and his friend. I can't, okay? You can't what? Just, we'll be better off without each other, okay? What? Uh, Scorpius is left looking after him, heartbroken. Act 2, scene 10. Hogwarts, headmistress's home. <laughs> 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 Professor McGonagall is full of unhappiness. Harry is full of purpose. Ginny is not sure what she's supposed to be. <laughs> I'm not sure this is what the mar Marauder's map was intended for. If you see them together, then get to them as quickly as possible and keep them separate. Harry, are you sure this is the right decision? Because far be it from me to doubt the wisdom of the centaurs, but Bane is an extremely angry centaur, and it's not beyond him to twist the constellations for his own ends. I trust Bane. <laughs> Albus is to stay away from Scorpius. <laughs> For his sake and others. I think what Harry means is... The professor knows what I mean. Jenny looks at Harry, surprised that he talked to her that way. Albus has been checked by the greatest witches and wizards in the country, and no one can find or sense a hex or a curse. Yeah, but Dumbledore, but, 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 but Dumbledore said... What? His portrait. We spoke. He, he said some things which made sense. Dumbledore he is dead, Harry. And I've told you before, portraits don't represent even half of their subjects. Yeah, he said love had blinded me. A head teacher's portrait is a memoir. It is supposed to be a support mechanism for the decisions I have to make. But I was advised as I took this job to not mistake the painting for the person. And you would be well advised to do the same. But he was right. I see it now. Harry, you've been put under enormous pressure. The loss of Albus, the search for him, the fears as to what your scar might mean. But trust me when I tell you, you are making a mistake. Albus didn't like me before. He might not like me again, but he will be safe. With the greatest respect, Minerva, you don't have children. <gasps> oh, Harry! So you don't understand. I'd hope that in a lifetime spent in the teaching profession would mean. Yeah, look, this map will reveal to you where my son is at all times. I expect you to use it. And if I, if I hear that you don't, then I will come down on this school as hard as I can, using the full force of the ministry. Is that understood? Perfectly. Jenny looks at Harry, unsure of what he's become. He doesn't look back. <laughs> Act 2, scene 11. Hogwarts, Defense Against the Dark Arts Classroom. Alba said, choose the classroom. Slightly unsure. Not the Defense Against the Dark Arts, like, home? It's not home. <laughs> okay, thank you. Ah, uh, yes, our train absconder, finally joining us. Hermione! He looks amazed. Hermione is standing in front of the class. Professor Granger, I believe is my name. What Potter. are you doing here? Teaching, for my sins. What are you doing here? Learning, I hope. But... But you're the minister for magic. <laughs> <laughs> Been having those dreams again, have you, Potter? Mm. Today, we're going to look at the Patronus charm. You're our defense against the dark arts, teacher? <laughs> <laughs> Losing patience now, ten points from Gryffindor oh. for stupidity. No, no, he's doing it deliberately. He hates Gryffindor and everyone knows it. Sit down, Polly Chapman, before this gets even worse. And I suggest you join her, Albus, and end this charade. <laughs> but you're not this mean. And that's 20 points from Gryffindor to assure Albus Potter that I am, in fact, this mean. If you don't sit down right now, Albus. <laughs> Albus sits. Um, can I just say... No, you can't. Just keep quiet, Potter, otherwise you'll lose what limited popularity you already have. Now, who can tell me what a Patronus is? 
No? No one? Mm. You really are a most disappointing bunch. Hermione smiles a thin smile. She really is quite mean. No! No, this is stupid. Where's Rose? She'll tell you that you're being ridiculous. Who's Rose? Your invisible friend? Rose Ranger Weasley, your daughter! <gasps> of course. <laughs> because you and Ron aren't married. Rose. How dare you! Fifty points from Gryffindor, and I assure you, if anyone interrupts me again, it'll be a hundred points. She stares around the room. No one moves a muscle. Good. A Patronus is a magical charm, a projection of all your most positive feelings, and takes the shape of the animal with whom you share the deepest affinity. It is a gift of light. If you can conjure a Patronus, you can protect yourself against the world, which in some of our cases, seems like a necessity rather sooner than later. Act 2, scene 12. Hogwarts staircases. This is my big moment. Uh, <laughs> Albus walks up a staircase, looking around as he does. He doesn't see anything. He exits. The staircases move in almost a dance. Scorpius enters behind him. <laughs> he thinks he's seen Albus. He realizes he isn't there. He slumps down to the floor as the staircase sweeps around. Madame Hooch enters and walks up the staircase. At the top, she gestures for Scorpius to move. He does. He slopes off, his abject loneliness clear. Albus enters and walks up the staircase. Scorpius enters and walks up another. The staircases meet. The two boys look at each other, lost and hopeful all at once. And then Albus looks away, and the moment is broken, and with it, possibly, the friendship. And now the staircases part. The two look at each other, one full of guilt, the other full of pain, both full of unhappiness. Beautiful. Uh, <laughs> Act 2, scene 13. Harry and Ginny Potter's house, kitchen. Ginny and Harry watch each other warily. There is an argument due, and both of them know it. This is the right decision. You almost sound convinced. You told me to be honest with him, but actually, I needed to be honest with myself. Trust what my heart was telling me. Harry, you have one of the greatest hearts of any wizard who ever lived, and I do not believe your heart told you to do this. Not by the knock. <laughs> she exits. After a moment, Draco enters, consumed by anger, but hiding it well. I can't stay long. <laughs> I will not need long. How can I help? I'm not here to antagonize you, but my son is in tears, and I am his father, and so I am here to ask why you would keep apart two good friends. I'm not keeping them apart. <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> You've changed school timetables. You've threatened both teachers and Albus himself. Harry, why? Harry looks at Draco carefully and then turns away. I have to protect my son. From Scorpius? Bane told me he sensed a darkness around my son, near my son. <laughs> what are you implying, Potter? Harry turns back and looks Draco dead in the eye. Are you sure? Are you really sure he's yours, Draco? There's a deadly silence. You take that back. Right. Now. 
but Harry doesn't take it back. <laughs> so Draco <laughs> takes his wand out. You do not want to do this. Yes, I do. I don't want to hurt you, Draco. How interesting. Because I want to hurt you. <laughs> the two square up. And then release their wands. Expelliarmus! Their wands repel and then break apart. Incoceros! Harry dodges a blast from Draco's wand. Tarantalagra! <laughs> Draco <laughs> throws himself out of the way. You've been practicing, Draco. And you've gotten sloppy, Potter. Densagaro! <laughs> Harry just manages to get out of the way. Rictum Sempra! Draco uses a chair to block the blast. Flipendo! Harry is sent twirling through the air. Draco laughs. Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> Keep up, old man. We're the same age, Draco. Yeah, but I wear it better. Arachiavindo! <laughs> Draco is bound tightly. That really the best you got? Emancipare! Draco releases his own binds. <laughs> Levi Corpus. Harry has to throw himself uh, out of the way. <laughs> Mobile corpus! Oh, this is too much fun! Draco bounces Harry up and down the table, and then as Harry rolls away, Draco jumps onto the table. He readies his wand, but as he does, Harry hits him with a spell. Obscuro! Draco releases himself from his blindfold as soon as it hits. The two square up. Harry throws a chair. <laughs> Draco ducks <laughs> underneath it and slows the chair with his wand. Ugh, I only left this room three minutes ago. She looks at the mess of the kitchen. She looks at the chair suspended in the air. She signals them back down to the floor with her wand. What did I miss? Act 2, scene 14. Hogwarts staircases. Scorpius walks unhappily down a staircase. Delphi scurries in from the other side. So, technically, I shouldn't be here. Delphi. In fact, technically, I'm endangering our entire operation, which is not, well, I'm not a natural risk taker, as you know. I've never been to Hogwarts. Pretty lax security here, isn't there? And so many portraits and corridors and ghosts. <laughs> this half headless strange looking ghost told me where I could find you. Can you believe that? You've never been to Hogwarts? I was unwell as a child for a few years. Other people got to go. I did not. You were too ill? I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't know that. I don't advertise the fact. I prefer not to be seen as a tragic case, you know? This registers with Scorpius. He looks up to say something, but Delphi suddenly ducks from view. As a student walks past, Scorpius tries to look casual until the student passes. Have they gone? Uh, Delphi, maybe it's too dangerous for you to be here. Well, someone's got to do something about this. Uh, Delphi, none of it worked. Time turning, we failed. I know. Albus owled me. The history books changed, but not enough. Cedric still died. In fact, failing the first task only made him more determined to win the second. And Ron and Hermione have gone completely skew-if. Skew-if, I say. Excuse me. <laughs> They've gone what? Skew-if. Skew-if. Oh, thank you. Skew-if. And I still haven't figured out why. And that's why Cedric has to wait. It's all become quite confused, and you're entirely right to be keeping hold of the time turner, Scorpius. But what I mean, or what I meant was, someone's got to do something about the two of you. Oh. You're best friends. Every owl he sends me, I can feel your absence. He's destroyed by it. Sound like he's found a shoulder to cry on. How many owls has he sent you now? Delphi smiles softly. Sorry, that's... I didn't mean... I just... I don't understand what's going on. I've tried to see him, talk to him, but every time I do, he runs off. You know, I didn't have a best friend when I was your age. I wanted one, desperately. 
When I was younger, I even invented one. Oh, I had one of those too. <laughs> Called <and> Flurry. <laughs> we fell out over the correct rules of gobstones. <laughs> right. Albus needs you, Scorpius. That's a wonderful thing. He needs me to do what? That's the thing, isn't it? About friendships. You don't know what he needs. You only know when he needs it. Find him, Scorpius. You two belong together. Act 2, scene 15. Harry and Ginny Potter's house, kitchen. Harry and Draco sit far apart. Ginny stands between them. I'm sorry about your kitchen, Ginny. Oh, it's not my kitchen. Harry does most of the cooking. (laughs) (laughs) I can't talk to him either, Scorpius. Especially since Astoria has gone. I can't even talk about how losing her has affected him. As hard as I try, I cannot reach him. You cannot talk to Albus. I cannot talk to Scorpius. That's what this is about. Not about my son being evil. Because as much as you might take the word of a haughty centaur, (laughs) you understand the power of friendship. Draco, whatever you may think. I've always envied you them, you know. Weasley, Granger. I had... Uh, Crab and Goyle. <laughs> two lucks who wouldn't know one under the broomstick from another. You, the three of you, you shone, you know? You liked each other, you had fun. I envied those friendships more than anything else. I envied them too. Harry looks at Jenny, surprised. I need to protect him. My father thought he was protecting me most of the time. I think you have to make a choice at a certain point of the man you want to be. And I tell you that at that time, you need a parent or a friend. And if you've learned to hate your parents by then and you have no friends, then you're all alone. And being alone, that's so hard. I was alone, (laughs) and it sent me to a truly dark place for a long, long time. Tom Riddle was also a lonely child. You may not understand that, Harry, but I do, and I think Ginny does too. He's right. Tom Riddle didn't emerge from his dark place, (laughs) and so Tom Riddle became Lord Voldemort. This is book six. (laughs) Maybe the black cloud Bane saw was Albus's loneliness, his pain, his hatred. Don't lose the boy, you'll regret it. And so will he, because he needs you. And Scorpius, whether or not he knows it now. Harry looks at Draco, he thinks. He opens his mouth to think, he thinks. (laughs) (laughs) Harry, will you get the flu powder, or shall I? Harry looks up at his wife. (laughs) Act 2, scene 16, Hogwarts Library. Scorpius arrives in the library. He looks left and right, and then he sees Albus, and Albus sees him. Hi. Scorpius, I can't. I know, I know, you're in Gryffindor now. You don't want to see me now. But here I am anyway, talking to you. Well, I can't talk, so... You have to! You think you can just ignore everything that's happened? 
The world has gone crazy. Have you noticed? I know. Okay. Ron's gone strange. Hermione's a professor. It's all wrong, but... And Rose doesn't exist. I know. Look. I don't understand everything, but you can't be here. Because of what we did, Rose wasn't even born. Do you remember being told about the Triwizard Tournament Yule Ball? Yes, and the Goblet of Fire. Yes! <laughs> All the four Triwizard Champions took a partner. Your dad took Pravardi Patil. Victor Crumb took... I think it was chapter 21. Yes! <laughs> he took her mind. You're right. And Ron got jealous and behaved like a little bitch. Only he didn't. I found Rita Skeeter's book about them, and it's very different. Ron took Hermione to the ball. What? Shh! Scorpius looks at Polly and drops his volume. Sorry. As friends. And, and they danced in a friendly way. And it was nice. And then he danced with Padma Patil. Sorry, you said you saw this in a book? <laughs> yes. And that was nicer. And they started dating, and he changed a bit, and then they got married, and, you know, well, meanwhile, Hermione became a... Psychopath. Hey, yeah. Yes, well, Hermione was supposed to go to that ball with Crumb. Do you know why she didn't? Are you going to tell me? I am, because she had suspicions the two strange Durmstrang boys she met before the first task were somehow involved in the disappearance of Cedric's wand. <gasps> she believed we, under Victor's orders, cost Cedric the final task. Wow. First task. Uh, first task. First task. I read the book. First task. And without Crumb, Ron never got jealous, and that jealousy was all important. And so Ron and Hermione stayed very good friends, but never fell in love, never got married, never had Rose. And again, you said you read this in a book? Yes, <laughs> Rita Skeeter's book. Weird, right? I know, so much information. Picture book. Anyway, so that's why dad's so, wait, did he change too? No, I'm pretty sure your dad is exactly the same. Oh. Head of magical law enforcement, married to Jenny, three kids. So why is he being such a little The librarian enters at the back of the room. Have you heard me, Albus? This is bigger than you and your dad. Professor Croker's Law, the furthest someone can go back in time without the possibility of serious harm to the traveler or time itself is five hours. And we went back years. The smallest moment, the smallest change, it creates ripples and we We've created really bad ripples. Are they bad? Really bad ripples. Rose was never born because of what we did. Rose. I'm so smart. Shh. <laughs> Take it again. Yeah. <laughs> Albus thinks quickly. Fine. Fine. Let's go back. Let's fix it. Get Cedric and Rose back. That's the wrong answer. You've still got the time turner, right? No one found it. Scorpius takes it out of the pocket. Yes, but... Yeah. Albus snatches it from his hand. No! Yeah. Don't, Albus! Don't you understand how bad things could get? Scorpius grabs for the time turner. Albus pushes him back. They wrestle inexpertly. Oh. <laughs> I bet they do. Things need... We're 14. <laughs> things need fixing, Scorpius. Cedric still needs saving. Rose needs bringing back. Yes. We'll be more careful next time. Whatever Croker says, trust me. Trust us. <laughs> we'll get it right this time. No, we won't. 
Give it back, Albus. Give it back. I can't. This is too important. Yes, it's too important for us. We're not good at this stuff. We'll get it wrong. Who's saying that we'll get it wrong? I'll say, because that's what we do. We mess things up. We lose. We're losers. True and total losers. Haven't you realized that? Albus finally gets the upper hand and pins Scorpius to the ground. Oh yeah, we're wrestling. (laughs) Well, I wasn't a loser before I met you. Albus, whatever you got to prove to your dad, this isn't the way. Remember, I still have him pinned to the ground. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't have anything to prove to my dad. I've got to save Cedric to save Rose. And maybe, without you holding me back, I can make a proper go of it. Without me? Oh, poor Albus Potter. With his chip on his shoulder, poor Albus Potter. So sad. What are you saying? Try my life. People look at you because your dad's the famous Harry Potter, savior of the wizarding world. People look at me because they think my dad is Voldemort. Voldemort. Don't even. Can you even slightly imagine what that's like? Have you ever even tried? No, because you don't see beyond the end of your own nose. Because you can't see beyond the end of your stupid thing with your dad. He will always be Harry Potter. You know that, right? And you will always be his son. And I know it's hard and the other kids are awful, but you have to learn to be okay with that because, because there are worse things, okay? Beat. (laughs) There was a moment I was excited when I realized time was different. A moment when I thought maybe my mom hadn't gotten sick. Maybe my mom wasn't dead, but no, turns out she's dead. I'm still the child of Voldemort, without a mother, giving sympathy to the boy who doesn't ever give anything back. So I'm sorry if I've ruined your life because I tell you, you wouldn't have a chance of ruining mine. It was already ruined. You just didn't make it better because you're a terrible, the most terrible friend. Albus digests this. He sees what he's done to his friend. From off. Albus? Albus Potter? Scorpius Malfoy, are you in there? Together? Because I advise you not to be! Albus looks at Scorpius. He pulls a cloak from his bag. Quick. We need to hide. What? Scorpius. Look at me. (laughs) That's the invisibility cloak. Isn't that James's? If she finds us, we'll be forced apart forever. Please. I didn't understand. Please. Professor McGonagall from off, trying to give them every chance. Uh, I am about to enter! Professor McGonagall comes into the room, the Marauder's map in her hands. The boys disappear beneath the cloak. She looks around, exasperated. Well, where have they? Oh, I I never wanted this thing, and now it's playing tricks on me. She thinks. She looks back at the map. She identifies where they should be. She looks around the room. Objects move as the boys invisibly move past them. She sees where they're heading. She makes to block them, but they skirt around her. Unless... Unless your father's cloak. She looks back at the map. She looks at the boys. She smiles to herself. Well, if I didn't see you, I didn't see you. She exits. The two boys remove the cloak. They sit in silence for a moment. Yeah, I stole it from Jane. He's remarkably easy to steal from. His trunk combination is the day he got his first broomstick. Anyway, I found the cloak made avoiding bullies easier. Scorpius nods. I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry about your mom. I know we don't talk about her enough, but I hope you know. I'm sorry. It's rubbish. What happened to her? What happened to you? Thanks. My dad, he said, he said that you were this dark cloud around me. My dad started to think, and, and I just knew I had to stay away, and if I didn't, I didn't stay away, dad said he would. Your dad thinks the rumors are true? That I'm the son of Voldemort? The department's currently investigating it. Well, good. Let them. Sometimes, sometimes I find myself thinking, maybe they're true too. No! No! <laughs> no! Oh god. They're not true! And I'll tell you why. Because I don't think Voldemort's capable of having a kind son. And you're kind, Scorpius, to the depths of your belly, to the tips of your fingers. I truly believe Voldemort, Voldemort couldn't have a child like you. Scorpius is moved by this. That's nice. That's, that's a nice thing to say. And it's something I should have said a long time ago. In fact, you're probably the best person I know. And you don't, you couldn't hold me back. You make me stronger, Scorpius. You and my dad forced us apart without you. I didn't much like my life without you in it either. And I know, I know, I'll always be Harry Potter's son. And I will, I'll sort that out in my head. And I know compared to you, my life is pretty good, really. And that he and I are comparatively lucky. And okay, Albus, as apologies go, this is wonderfully fulsome, but you're starting to talk more about you than me again, so uh, probably better to quit while you're ahead. Albus smiles and stretches out a hand. Friends? Always. Scorpius extends his hand. <laughs> Albus pulls Scorpius up into a hug. Uh, that's the second time you've done that. The two boys break apart and smile. But I'm pleased we had this argument. Because it's given me a really good idea. About what? <laughs> it involves the second task. <laughs> and humiliation. You're still talking about going back in time. Have we been having the same conversation? You're right. We are losers. We're brilliant at losing, and so we should be using our knowledge here. Our own powers. Losers are taught to be losers. And there's only one way to teach a loser. And we know better than anyone, humiliation. <laughs> we need to humiliate him. So in the second test, that's what we'll do. Scorpius thinks for a long time and then smiles. That's a really good strategy. I know. <laughs> I mean, quite spectacular. Humiliate. I mean, humiliate Cedric to save Cedric. Clever. And Rose? That I'm saving is a sparkly surprise. It's in there. I can do it without you, but I want you there. Because I want us to do this together. Set things right together. So, will you come? But, just a minute. Isn't... Was it the second, uh, the second task took place in the lake, and you're not allowed to leave the school building? Albus grins. Yeah, about that. We need to find the girls' bathroom on the first floor. Act 2, scene 17. Hogwarts staircases. Ron is walking down the staircase, consumed in his thoughts. 
And then he sees Hermione, and his expression changes entirely. Professor Granger. Hermione looks across. Her heart leaps a bit, too, though she won't admit it. Uh, Ron, what are you doing here? Panju got in a little trouble in potions class. Was showing off, of course. But put the wrong thing with the wrong thing, and now he has no eyebrows. And a rather large mustache, apparently. Which doesn't suit him. I didn't want to come, but Padma says when it comes to facial growths, sons need their fathers. Have you done something with your hair? But, well, I've just combed it, I suspect. Oh, combing. It suits you. Uh, Hermione looks at Ron slightly strangely. Ron, will you stop looking at me like that? <laughs> you know, Harry's boy, Albus, said to me the other day that he thought you and I were married. Uh. <laughs> Ridiculous. I know. Very <clears throat> ridiculous. He even thought we had a, a daughter. That'd be strange, wouldn't it? The two lock eyes, Hermione is the first to break away. <clears throat> More than strange. We're exactly. We're friends. That, and that's all. Absolutely. Mm. Only mm. friends. Only friends. Funny word, friends. Oh, gosh. Not that funny. <laughs> Just a word, really. Friends. Friend. Funny friend. You, my funny friends. My Hermione. No, not, not like that. Not my Hermione. You understand. Not... My Hermione, not mine, you know, but... I know. Okay, we good. all know. We know! Neither of them move the smallest inch. Everything feels too important for movement. Then Ron coughs. <laughs> well, must get on. Sort Panju out. Teach him the finer arts. Of mustache grooming. He walks on. He turns. He looks at Hermione. She looks back. He hurries on again. Your hair really does much suit you. Act 2, scene 18. Hogwarts, headmistress's home. <laughs> Professor McGonagall is on stage on her own. She looks at the map. She frowns to herself. She taps it with her wand. She smiles to herself at a good decision made. Mischief managed. There's a rattling. The whole stage seems to vibrate. Ginny is the first one through the fireplace, and then Harry. Professor, I can't say that ever gets more dignified. Potter, you're back. You seem to have finally ruined my carpet. I need to find my son. We need to. Harry, I've considered this and decided I want no part of it. Whatever you threaten, I... Minerva, I come in peace, not war. I should have never spoken to you in that way. I just don't think I can interfere in friendships, and I believe... I need to say sorry to you and sorry to Albus, okay? Will you give me that chance? Draco arrives behind him with a bang of soot. Draco! He needs to see his son, and I need to see mine. <laughs> like I say, 
peace, not war. <laughs> Professor McGonagall studies his face. She sees the sincerity she needs to see. She takes the map back out of her pocket. She opens it up. Well, peace is certainly something I can be a part of. She taps it with her wand. I solemnly, solemnly, <laughs> I solemnly swear that I am up to no good. The map is lit into action. Well, they are together. In the girls' bathroom on the first floor. What on earth would they be doing there? <laughs> Act two, scene 19, Hogwarts, girls' bathroom. Uh, Scorpius and Albus enter a bathroom. In the center of it is a large Victorian sink. So let me get this right. The plan is engorgement. <laughs> Just writes itself, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, Scorpius. That soap, if you may. Scorpius fishes the soap out of the sink. Engorgio. He fires a bolt from his wand across the room. The soap blows up to four times its size. Nice. Consider me engorge impressed. <laughs> it's in there. It's a thing. The second task was the lake task. They had to retrieve something which was stolen from them, which turned out to be... People they loved. Cedric used the bubblehead charm to swim through the lake. All we do is follow him there and use engorgement to turn him into something rather larger. We know that the time turner doesn't give us long, so we're going to be quick. Get to him and engorgio his head. <laughs> Sorry, I had a bit of a stroke there. We're going to engorgio his head and then watch him float out of the lake, away from the task and away from the competition. But you still haven't told me how we're going to actually get to the lake. And then suddenly, a jet of water emerges from the sink, and after it ascends, a very wet, moaning myrtle. Whoa, that feels good. <laughs> <laughs> Never used to enjoy that. But when you get to my age, you take what you can get. Of course. You're a genius. Moaning Myrtle. <laughs> Moaning Myrtle swoops down onto Scorpius. What did you call me? Do I moan? Am I moaning now? Am I? Am I? No, no, I didn't mean... Uh, What's my name? Myrtle. Just Myrtle. <laughs> exactly. Myrtle. Myrtle Elizabeth Warren. A pretty name, my name. No need for the moaning. Well. <laughs> it's been a while, boys. In my bathroom, in my girl's bathroom. Well, that's not right, but then again, I almost did have a soft spot for the potters. And I was moderately partial to a Malfoy, too. Now how can I help you, Bear? You were there, Myrtle. In the lake. <laughs> they wrote about you. There must be a way out of these pipes. I've been everywhere. Mm. But where specifically were you thinking? The second task. The lake task. In the Triwizard Tournament, 25 years ago, obviously. Harry and Cedric. Such a shame the pretty one had to die. Not that your father is not pretty, but Cedric Diggory. <laughs> You'd be amazed at how many girls I had to hear doing love incantations in this very bathroom and the weeping after he was taken. Help us, Myrtle. Help us get into that lake. Do you think I can help you travel in time? We need you to keep a secret. Oh, I love secrets. I won't tell a soul. Cross my heart and hope to die. 
Or the equivalent. For ghosts. You know. Albus nods at Scorpius, who reveals the time turner. We can travel in time. You're going to help us travel the pipes, and we're going to save Cedric. Well, that sounds like fun. And we've no time to lose. This very sink. This very sink empties directly into the lake. It breaks every bylaw, but this school has always been antiquated. Dive in and you will be piped straight to it. Piped straight to it. <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> Albus pulls himself into the sink, dumping his cloak as he does. Scorpius copies. Albus hands Scorpius some green foliage in a bag. Some for me and some for you. Gillyweed? We're using gillyweed to breathe underwater? Just like my dad did. Now, are we ready? Remember, this time we can't get caught out by the clock. Five minutes. That's all we'll allow for before we get pulled back to the present. Tell me this is all going to be okay. <laughs> it's going to be entirely okay. Are you ready? Albus takes the gillyweed and disappears down. Bye. No, no, Albus. <laughs> Albus. <laughs> he looks up and moaning, he and Moaning Myrtle are alone. Oh, God. I do like brave boys. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm entirely ready for whatever comes. He takes the gillyweed and disappears down. <laughs> moaning Myrtle is left alone on stage. There is a giant whoosh of light and a smash of noise. Time stops and then turns over, thinks a bit, and begins unschooling backwards. The boys are gone. Harry appears at a run, a deep frown on his face. Behind him, Draco, Ginny, and Professor McGonagall. Elvis! Elvis! He's gone! They find the boys' cloaks on the ground. He's disappeared! No! He's traveling under Hogwarts grounds! No! He's disappeared! How is he doing this? He's using a rather pretty trinket thingy. Myrtle! Oops, you got me! <laughs> and I was trying so hard to hide. Hello, Harry. Hello, Draco. Have you been bad boys again? <laughs> yes, and what trinket is he using? <laughs> I think it was a secret, but I could never keep anything from you, Harry. How's it you've grown handsomer and handsomer as you've aged? And you're taller. My son is in danger. I need your help. What are they doing, Myrtle? He's after saving a dishy boy. A, cer <laughs> a certain Cedric Diggory. Harry immediately realizes what's happened and is horrified. But Cedric Diggory died years ago. He seemed quite confident he could get around that fact. He's very confident, Harry, just like you. He heard me talking to Amos Diggory. Could he have... The Ministry's time-turner? No, that's impossible. The Ministry has a time-turner? I thought they were destroyed. Isn't everyone so naughty? <laughs> <laughs> Can someone please explain what is going on? We need more exposition. <laughs> Albus and Scorpius are not disappearing and reappearing. They're traveling. Traveling? in time. <laughs> Thank you. Act 2, scene 20, Triwizard Tournament, Lake, 1995. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I give you the greatest, the fabulous, the one and the only Triwizard Tournament. If you're from Hogwarts, give me a cheer. Woo! Oh, oh, oh. 
And now Albus <laughs> and Scorpius are swimming through the lake, descending through the water with graceful ease. If you're from Durmstrang, give me a cheer. <laughs> and if you're from Bobaton, give me a cheer. <laughs> I think the French are getting into this. And they're off. Victor's a shark. Of course he is. Fleur looks very remarkable. Ever plucky Harry is using gillyweed. Clever Harry. Very clever, Harry. And Cedric, well, Cedric, what a treat, ladies and gentlemen. Cedric is using a bubble charm to cruise through the lake. Cedric Diggory approaches them through the water, a bubble over his head. Alvis and Scorpius raise their wands together and fire an engorgement charm through the water. He turns and looks at them, confused, and it hits him. And around him, the water glows gold. And then Cedric starts to grow, and grow again, and grow some more. He looks around himself, entirely panicked, and the boys watch as Cedric ascends helplessly through the water. But no, what's this? Cedric Diggory is ascending out of the water and seemingly out of the competition. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, we don't have our winner, but we certainly have our loser. <laughs> Cedric Diggory is turning into a balloon, and this balloon wants to fly. Fly, ladies and gentlemen, fly! <laughs> fly out of the task and out of the tournament and, oh my, it gets wilder still. Around Cedric, fireworks explode, declaiming, Ron loves Hermione. And the crowd loved that. Oh, oh, ladies and gentlemen, the look on Cedric's face. It is quite some picture. It is quite some sight. It's quite some tragedy. This is humiliation. <laughs> There's no other word for it. And Albus smiles wildly and... High five Scorpius in the water. And Albus points up and Scorpius nods. And they start to swim ever upwards. And as Cedric ascends, people start to laugh and everything changes. The world becomes darker. The world becomes almost black, in fact. And there's a flash and a bang. Time Turner ticks to a stop. And we're back in the present. Scorpius suddenly emerges, shooting up through the water. And he's triumphant. Woohoo! He looks around, surprised. Where's Albus? He puts his arms into the air. We did it! He waits another beat. Albus? Albus doesn't emerge. Scorpius treads water. He thinks, and then he ducks back into the water. He emerges back up again. Now thoroughly panicked, he looks around. Albus? 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 And there's a whisper in partial tongue, which travels fast around the audience. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. Scorpius Malfoy, get out of the lake. Get out of the lake right now! She pulls him out of the water. Uh, miss, I need help, please, miss. Miss, I'm Professor Umbridge, the headmistress of your school. I'm no miss. You're the headmistress? But I... I am the headmistress. And however important your family may be, it doesn't give you an excuse to dilly-dally, to mess about. Uh, but there, there's a boy in this lake. You need to get help. I'm looking for my friend, Miss... Uh, professor, Headmaster, you? One of Hogwarts students, Miss. I'm looking for Albus Potter. Potter? Albus Potter? There's no such student. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> in fact, there hasn't been a Potter at Hogwarts for years. And that... That boy didn't turn out so well. Not so much rest in peace, Harry Potter, more like rest in perpetual despair, am I right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Total troublemaker. Harry Potter's dead? 
Suddenly, from around the auditorium, a feel of breath of wind. Some black robes arise around people. Black robes that become black shapes, that become dementors, flying dementors through the auditorium. These black deadly shapes, these black deadly forces, they're everything to be feared. They suck the spirit from the room. The wind continues. This is hell. And then, right from the back of the room, whispering around everyone, the words with an unmistakable voice, the voice of Voldemort. Harry Harry's dream has come to life. Have you swallowed something funny in there? Become mudblood without any of us noticing? Harry Potter died over 20 years ago as part of that failed coup on the school. He was one of those Dumbledore terrorists we bravely overthrew at the Battle of Hogwarts. Now come along. I don't know what game you're playing, but you're upsetting the mentors and entirely ruining Voldemort Day. And the parcel tongue whispers grow louder and louder, grow monstrously loud, and giant banners with snake symbols upon them descend over the stage. Voldemort Day? We cut to black. <laughs> <laughs> and then, <laughs> <laughs>